Hey, yo, what up? Hey, it's Kiss. Oh, yeah, it's Damon. You have a great episode headed your way, but I wanted to do a little announcement first. Uh, we had some audio issues this week. Long story short, uh, the interview about 10 minutes in, the audio quality dips. Well, um, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't have to tell you. But just bear with us, and I think it's definitely worth sticking it all out. Yeah, Anything I, else you want to add, Dame? No, I'm currently here icing my foot, um, and that will make sense to you soon, so... Much love. Foreshadowing! <laughs> Seriously, we actually encourage it. Seriously? Hey. hey! Ooh, that is actually another Damon Williams tag. Seriously? Seriously. I'm, I have a story. We'll say who we are first. I'm Kiss. <laughs> I am Damon Alexander Williams. And you are listening to Ergo here on WHBK 88.5, Ergo Radio. Dot com. And uh, <laughs> shout out to the partners, Post Loudness and uh, Wizard Radio over in the UK. For those of you who don't know, what we do here is every week we have conversations with artists, organizers, poets, rappers, musicians, folks reshaping the culture of our city and our world for the more equitable and the more creative. We have a very special guest. But before that, we have some community announcements. Uh, you got anything, Dame? Uh, I broke my toe. I think the community should know that, yeah. and I am announcing it. How's that going for you? Uh, was that a good decision? Did that work out well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's broke. It's fractured. So I don't know. I get to sit down and not feel guilty about it. So that is actually the the silver lining to this cloud. Is that finally you can be as re- you can be the hermit you always you wanted know, to be? I'm just in the crib studying this gun philosophy. You, you are know, working on future projects. You like manifested hermitness. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, no guilt, no shame. <laughs> I got an excuse. You showed me a picture right before we went on air of what the broken toe looked like. Yes. All the nurses kept making a joke that it looks like my foot was making a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I like humor wherever I can find it. I don't know if the medical staff is really where I'm looking for. Yeah, that's, that was everybody like I went to two different places and everybody was trying to like make me laugh. This like I feel you. You think they knew who your dad was? No. <laughs> like, oh, that's David Williams. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to that as well. Some community announcements. First and foremost, uh, our friends over at Blocks Together in Humble Park have their holiday potluck on twelve fifteen. Uh, we already shared that on our Twitter. You can find the info. Uh, there's a poster for that. Um, but they do really amazing work. Uh, around economic justice and participatory budgeting and connecting folks to direct resources in Humboldt Park. So definitely support them. Uh, Kumbalinks has their Arts Explosion show also on the 15th. And look at that. We got a Kumbalinks t-shirt in the house. What are the odds? Um, That's in Clarendon Park at their home space. Uh, Also on Saturday early, like 6 o'clock, For the People, the Artist Collective has their second annual um, December showcase, which I went to last year. It was over at Experimental Station. It was fantastic. This year, it's at the Read Write Library at uh, nine fourteen North California. Um, that's for those of you who don't know. Read Write is a small uh, library dedicated to like place based Chicago specific articles, zines, and books. Um, so it's a really cool place. Actually, you might be very interested, Damon. Mm. Um, so come through for that, and then. Uh, after that, there is a very special move to be made that night that we'll talk about in a little bit. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to plug? There's also a special birthday coming up. Oh, man. Our very own oh, no. Daniel Kissinger is about to be a birthday boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, 26 on Monday. Check you out. Man. That's that. Um, it's time for you to drop your first classic album. That's when Reasonable <laughs> Doubt, 
Uh, college dropout, I believe J. Cole's first album, well, this if you is, want to call that a classic. This is the perfect community announcement moment. My mixtape. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do. I did get the best, best birthday present anyone could possibly get, which is my new health insurance card came in the mail yesterday. So, Check you out. So thank you, Santa. Um, let's get to our very <laughs> special guest. Um, she is a scholar, activist, artist, space maker, uh, director, creative director of all the things. Um, she has a very special event coming up tomorrow. Folks, make some noise for Glennon's Green. Also, um, shout out to the, the shoulder sequence. Oh, your sequence. Really? So <laughs> this fit. I love this. <laughs> we we also we have a dedicated portion at the beginning of the show to just gas up the guests. That's the thing we do. So I'm we're deep it. in that I'm right taking now. Taking it all in. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> the sequence. The, the shoulders are reflecting all types of light right now. You just bringing the light. He's so to the room. Sequins, uh, you know they don't get out much, but today they did. They may. Well, we are grateful yeah. to have them and have you, as we like to start our conversations with a two part question. How is the world treating you and how are you treating the world in this time, this season, this day? The world may not know how you're treating the world today when we oh, go out on the podcast. No. <laughs> um, it was a great so answer. Great. <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real good answer. We're going to go low tech and we're just going to record the voice memo. Okay. Things got a little, you're, you're dealing with us okay, on, a, okay. on, a, on a hell of a week. So, okay. so we're here, but the world will hear. Okay. <laughs> it just won't sound as, as crystal smooth as it sometimes so it great. sounds. Did they at least hear any of that? They heard the beginning. And everyone listening live, but look, we shout out to the FM listeners, WHBK, holding, yeah. holding us down, <laughs> two years strong. We don't forget about you. It's not just the about world the world. Okay. The, the important thing is that is that you know how the world exactly. is treated. Exactly, you, you got that right. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> so you know, part of why I'm excited to have you up here is we we kind of get stuck in this thing, or not stuck, but you know, we have this very clear idea of like. Who comes up on the show? It's people reshaping culture. Oh, blah 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 blah. But sometimes we, I think, we get a little clickish, um, and we tend to only talk to the people doing that work who we know, either closely or not closely. And sometimes, at least for me, I think I kind of lose sight of the fact that there are, of course, people doing this kind of work across the city who might not have like come up in the same spaces that we talk about every week. Um, so some of it is I'm However, just here. You're wearing your Kundalini shirt. shirt. <laughs> so my, my whole theory gets, gets thrown out the window. Uh, so um, I think the, the first question is, how do we not know each other? Like how, where, where are you in the city most of the time? Where, where, where are the spaces that you call home at this point and like coming up? Yeah. So for me, I'm creating those spaces. I like as I and this is actually kind of a piggyback on the point that I made earlier about the world and the universe. I do feel like I'm very much an extraterrestrial being and a lot of the work that I'm I am doing or want to be doing, I feel like is not necessarily in a lot of other spaces. Uh and it is, but not in the ways in which I process things. Mm-hmm. Um and for a really long time I was struggling between this kind of uh career nine to five, the role that I have in my waking life as, mm-hmm. as adulting. Uh, with the air quotes. <laughs> and the air quotes, y'all, for y'all who can't see it. Um, and me trying to push um, uh, push the wholeness of myself as an artist, as an activist, and marry those two things together. Like, what does it mean yeah. to both be a scholar, an activist, and an artist? So that's probably why we haven't met, because I've 
kind of gotten to a point where I had to spend so much time. I was showing up for things, but really digging deep within myself to mm-hmm. say, what what is that place? What is my place? And what do I need to be doing about it? And how do I need to be doing it differently so that I'm not replicating what other people are out here doing? Yeah. How can I support those efforts, but create a different lane for something um, needed um, and necessary, but but different from what other other folks are doing? For sure. That's cool. So, so I, I hear you saying that like there was something that you needed and desired that was not present. That's just me like rewording what I just heard. Yeah. And so what were those things? Can you name some of the things that you uh, maybe couldn't feel or taste or or sense that you needed that then you know inspired you to create it in other spaces? Is there a way that you can like name those distinctions that yeah. you're trying to create? Yeah, a part of it was like uh, narratives. So sometimes I go into spaces, um, and again, this is not to say like for the spaces who that I am not connected to. No, I, just, no, I, always have, I have to throw no, it out there. Because, you know, I like... <laughs> All <laughs> these orbs out here. <laughs> I have Your to say this. Right. No, no, no. This is not it. Um, it, it. There are people out there Coming doing excellent work. No, 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 no. For me, it was very personal. <laughs> so I found myself being in a lot of spaces and, and um, just working with a lot of people where um, I didn't necessarily feel liberated. Mm. And I needed to find out what that meant for me. Like, what does it mean for Glennis to be liberated in a space, to heal, to build? Um, I was in a lot of spaces that were deemed, quote unquote, safe spaces. Mm -hmm. But like, for me, it became like a pseudonym for these are the spaces in which we don't talk about critical issues. And Mm -hmm. we just don't want to step on anybody's toes and everybody wants to feel good. Well, like, you can't grow that way. Sometimes you need to like rupture ish. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. and so like for me it was like how do I how do I heal free myself I'm, I'm not just about like I'm all about the arts but like how do I use my art as a tool of consciousness political consciousness building social movement building um and and that's really how I kind of came to just doing this work full force head on the way that I'm doing it now but it, it was that it started with me like that very personal relationship yeah. of like this is what I need and I'm not getting it I need to feel free like I go to work and I'm not able to be a full black woman I'm not able to be like a whole for y'all didn't even know I'm black I'm black uh <laughs> I'm not able to be like the fullness of myself uh and so and so it started with me and, and creating spaces in which I feel like I can just 100 percent be who I am, um, be a dope artist, and still be about change. Yeah, that would have been real messed up if you said that and you weren't. Yeah. If you were just like, a, I just there's a space where I just can't be like the black woman I am. <laughs> 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 I that would have been well. shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> there might be folks out there, you that's know, a, yeah, like. That's a <laughs> uh, so, so in, in, in the concrete sense. Or in, in the material sense, uh, are you finding the answer to that question of, of what your liberation feels like or, or, or looks like? Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I don't want to, sh- I want to shout out to KL because I yeah. feel like that's certainly an organization that represents every single last thing that I'm about. Also, and, and um, just in Jaquanda, I got the shirt on today. We get free. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, for, for me, what I, it was kind of like the birth of a G thing, my creative agency, which mm-hmm. is really focused on 
um, highlighting unsung narratives and our, our voices and bringing them to the broader community through this artistic activism as a means of shifting political consciousness. So one thing that we started was uh, Melanin Voices, which is a poetry and live literature collective. Because um, you don't, we a lot of us are performing, but um, you don't see so many of us writing and drafting material and using that as a space to pull from like deep places of trauma and for healing mm -hmm. um, and putting it on a platform for others to see our mm -hmm. vulnerability because we want to protect that. It, it hurts, right? Um, and so like the, those are kind of material content things. Um, around that time, I also decided to like put out a book of like poetry and mm -hmm. short stories. And it's, it's crazy because they were all from like the narratives of me, but I had people from all races and genders and backgrounds coming saying like this story really, this narrative really relates to me. And I was mm -hmm. able to, now I'm doing this particular thing. This inspired me to do that. So we, do, we never understand just how powerful our purpose is. And until we get free, someone else might not be able to get free until you free yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I, I just can't stress this enough. We are participating in these spaces, but we are not liberated. Hmm. We are not liberated. We're participating. We're showing up. Right. right. But like when when the difficult things happen, those things show. It shows yeah. that we're we're all broken, just trying to be healed, seeking for healing. And so yeah. Yeah. And it's a vulnerable thing to even say, like I'm here because I'm looking to heal. But yeah. Lila, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about that. Dame, I think one thing that's kind of helpful, at least has been for me, is the way that you talk about like safety and protection all that can you i just i don't i think we've like mentioned it on the show but i think it's like worth sharing yeah i mean <clears throat> i i really appreciate the way you juxtapose safety and liberation because i think in in many ways they are opposites right yeah think, absolutely uh, safety is a, is a violent construct and how it's used socially politically and then also can be um in a lot of ways uh, an evasive tool so so where it comes from is one just looking at the dictionary definition of safety it's like a it's an unrealistic state. So to be safe means that there is an absence of harm or risk. Yeah. And security is the state of being safe, right? And so that, is, that does not exist. Oh, you were, you were in some <laughs> Yeah, that does not yeah, exist in life, it's right? It's true. Like, you could, you like, could, that's exactly you how could die in your sleep or it could be a hurt, like even beyond right. our interpersonal react interactions, right? Like we are always vulnerable. And so it, it is about um, how do we protect ourselves? How do we be active, right? Like how do you lock the door to try to stop the harm from coming, but somebody can still kick the door in, Absolutely. right? No matter how much security you got. Um, and so also when you hear it used like national security, the Chicago Police Department is called the public safety headquarters, right? This kind of like Orwellian double speak. Mm. Uh, it is Thank usually you. used to like um, substantiate violence and privilege, right? Mm -hmm. So you get the gated communities of where you know, these stockbrokers or these oil tycoons are like, I'm trying to have this community where my children are safe, yep. which basically means privileged and yep. separated from the harm that everybody else is subjected to. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, which I think is more important kind of in our world, uh, it kind of becomes this subjective tool um, to avoid struggle, mm. right? Like, and a lot of times you can hear in a space. Getting all the snaps. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, you know, snaps. I need the snaps to keep it going. <laughs> Damon, Damon actually runs. I run snaps. on snaps. <laughs> um, yes. but, but in our spaces, right? Like, if we something can be shut down if someone's uncomfortable or someone, you know, which is valid, right? Or someone has a fear or there is some conflict that someone doesn't want to deal with. 
if you say the words, I don't feel safe, mm -hmm. there is nothing we can do to address that. That yeah. is a completely subjective, yeah. individual yeah. position. There's nothing we could, it's just like, oh, we have to shut it down or, oh, I don't feel safe with this person in the room. Right, right. And that can, sometimes that, and I don't want to invalidate like harm and, and abuse and assault, yeah, no, which course, has real psychological, sure. but the idea of being safe can then be used very whims whimsically. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen it be used in ways to kind of just like disrupt the flow or as a power dynamic, right? Like yeah. if, I am, if I'm included in this space and I say I don't feel safe with someone else who's more on the margin, mm -hmm. they will be excluded of pretty course. quickly, even yeah. if it's not direct. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of my thing. So I appreciated the way you kind of like made them opposites. Yeah. 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 So for, for you, like in the in the tangible and as much or as little of this as you want to share but like when you say you were a participant but you you didn't you weren't it wasn't liberatory for you what is that uh what does that look like day to day or as a participant like what would have needed to change or, or what's the piece that you're trying to bring in that wasn't there before um i, I won't I won't do like a compare and contrast mm -hmm. to to what we do in, in other organizations. Mm -hmm. I, like I say, I think that everybody has something valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that I've ever spent any time in was of some value. That's just how I live and see the world. Um, but what I will say is uh, one thing that the added value to the work that, that we are doing is um, <laughs> it really kind of sits People could feel different ways about this, but it sits in the the uh, at the crossroad of exactly what you were just talking about, Damon, of like taking what we ordinarily might see as um, or anticipate or have our minds made up about how a space should be and shaking that whole thing up and mm -hmm. flipping around, mm -hmm. flipping it around on its head. Mm -hmm. So like the idea of sitting with discomfort and building solidarity within the discomfort because we all are uncomfortable in some way. Right. So exactly. like, how do we sit here right. together and not like get angry or say like, you need to do this for me differently. Like how are we starting and doing those things for ourselves in order to like build in community and solidarity with others and do it with other people. And then how are we elevating the narratives of other people, even when they aren't aligned with our own, mm. for our own liberation and freedom, and theirs mm. as well. Mm. Kudos, yeah. That, 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 you know what I hear that is. <laughs> and like, a snap back to you, man. <laughs> to throw that right back. You know, that, that, that's what I hear as courage or responsibility or bravery are, are some like new language to kind of like expand past that that stagnant notion of safety. And I think it helps that feeling like everyone. Just recognizing that everyone has discomfort, right? Because yeah. I think so much of what feels uncomfortable when you feel uncomfortable is like, man, everyone else seems comfortable. <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like yeah, for me, I, like my, the, the contribution in that is I, I always feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And like that's the, like, so for me, I was just like, I'm always uncomfortable. Like, I literally live my an uncomfortable life all of the time, right? Like, I literally live an uncomfortable life. Really, truly, right? We should right? rename, like, This American Life, This Uncomfortable Life. Yeah. Yes. I'm always uncomfortable. Right. Like, and so, like, we don't like to talk about that. And I, I think especially, like, doing work with, like, other folks of color is really, really important because we we just see that there are so many differences between us. Um, and it, frankly, um, it becomes prohibitive uh, in mm -hmm. terms of being able to build uh, the kind of the communities that we really want to uh, build. And I, I use, uh, I, I say 
I often say, you know, what might be someone's trigger may be what, what, what could be one woman's trigger could be another woman's source of strength and liberation. Mm. Right. And that's real. So and how do we reconcile exactly, that? Exactly. And that's space? exactly. And that's where my work sits. Like, how do you reconcile that? And like, you know, I've certainly gotten in trouble about that before. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. So how's that going? You know, how has it worked and how has it I mean, not it's it's it's, it's like <laughs> I won't like point to, to like, any specific exactly. Like, I won't do that. Uh, you I, did I'm give us messy. a list of names. <laughs> Uh, but I will say I have not figured Check it out. <laughs> I will say I have not figured it out. It is not. Um, it is a little like rocket science for sure. Like it is definitely not a fast and hard science in terms of what you should do or what you shouldn't. It's just like trial and error, you know. And and when those thing moments happen, I feel even more uncomfortable. Right. But I know like this is the work you need to be doing because I'll feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else will follow up and say, oh, man, like that, that thing. I needed that. Like yeah. I needed that. And like at some point in time, I wouldn't have been ready, but I am ready right now. And like which lets me know where I'm just like, wow, I wonder if the feeling that I wonder where I just wonder where people are in their journey. So I try to create platforms or be a part of participating in platforms that kind of meet people along multiple aspects of their journey. But there's somebody who's ready. There's somebody who's ready to like, mm. I want to dig a little deeper. And like, I need, and that was me. That was me being in those spaces. Mm. I was in spaces where I'm like, I'm ready to be more self-reflective. I'm ready to be more accountable to myself and other people. But the people around me weren't mm. at it's, all. It's such a wonderful feeling when someone says to you, I'm ready. And you're like, okay, I'll, I can have like, not, I know how to do it, but I can help. Or like, here are some good questions to ask, or like, here's some more information that you didn't know. And it can be like on the internal stuff or like political education wise, but like being there when that person's like, I have a question. And you're like, cool, let's go speaking of like internet rabbit, like let's go down this rabbit hole. And yeah. like, I can, I can guide I'm you down the here. rabbit hole. Y'all yeah. I'm super meta. What's a, what's a like... recent rabbit hole? <laughs> I I live. It, I, I just burrow from hole to hole. I really, I, me too. He's subterranean out here. It's funny how I've been using the word meta a lot, and like I've That's had to totally like apologize. Weird. The actual real meta thing. This has nothing to do with the rabbit hole, but That's I just want to tell this story. So the day, the day after I broke my foot, right, I woke up. And there's this like a ceramic ashtray <laughs> that we have um, that's shaped like a foot. <laughs> and it was chipped. And so and I woke up in my first step trying to not take a step with my broken foot with my healed foot or my regular foot. I stepped oh, on this no. ceramic oh. foot and broke this fake foot. Oh, so that was just like a really metal start to the day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but rabbit hole. So I'm really big on circular formations of people. Yeah. Uh, and so with that, I've been learning a lot about actual circles and geometries and geometries and geometry. So like, you know, understanding everything about how the radius functions and like, what does it mean for how circles can be manipulated in terms of how then that can parallel to like human formations that are circular. So that's that's one thing. Trying to figure out how to shape space has led me down. Do you want to tell them the gem that you gem. told me before the show? Oh. This is real fun. So I don't even know if people This is why like I like it. hanging out with David. So, <laughs> so, you know, let us breathe collective as, as a co-founder. I've, I've, you know, over the last year, I've been really trying to theorize 
a, an internal structure that is like non-linear and not like anything mm -hmm. that, that we see trying to create something new. So a lot of it has been about like intersecting circles, so kind of like Venn diagrams. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you think of a Venn diagram, right, the two circles, the points where they connect mm -hmm. is called the radical axis. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. then check this out. Add a third circle, and where all three of those circles intersect is called the radical center. I okay. did not know that. You know, and so we try. We trying to be radical here. That's That's deep, yes. So it's already there in the language. We try to radiate and get to the roots. I'm still not doing math though. No, it's still funny. I, I, I hated geometry. It was yeah. like it was like the beginning of me stopping seeing myself as a good student was when I took geometry. Yeah. So that was my rabbit hole. Yeah. How about you? You got an, a recent internet rabbit hole that you've gone down? Oh, um, I, this is just a recurring rabbit hole, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really just has to do with everything that we were just talking about. For me, I'm always like, all right. If I miss this door of opportunity and I have daily conversations with the universe, so I'm like, if I miss this door of opportunity, then then this this person or this set of individuals will miss their door of being connected through something that I'm supposed to be doing. And then they, the person, the, the people that they are supposed to be connecting to, they're going to miss their door of opportunity and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So like, so I view everything as like timing. Uh, and so that's always kind of like the recurring rabbit hole that I go down and that keeps me really motivated because I know that somebody somewhere, it, and it only takes just one person, might need something that I'm doing. So who who am I? Such a lonely, you know, like <laughs> human. Who am I to uh, disrespect my purpose and disregard what it is that the universe have for me mm -hmm. um, and 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 force others to to miss their awakening mm -hmm. because I'm being stubborn or not don't want to be accountable. True, true. Before I ask, I have a question for, for you, which is how this works. But Kiss, do you have any rabbit holes? Do you want to jump in there? Sure. So the one, Aaron, my brother and I have started doing this recently when we see each other. We'll just get on Spotify and type like gibberish words and see what comes <laughs> up. <laughs> and then just listen to the songs that come up either because they like autocorrect to something else or it'll be like some like you know Yugoslavian like, yeah like <laughs> I found a really really good Serbian rapper mm. off the word like Gurt like G-U-R-T <laughs> and how could you tell that he was good I like this flow okay the beat, right. the beat sounded very Metro Boomin adjacent <laughs> and I was enjoying it very um, Metro Boomin adjacent <laughs> we're all about the adjacent I love it um, so, so that's a real point and I've actually found some really good music so that way um, so I like a musical rabbit hole. Mm. I'm I'm less of a YouTube or article rabbit hole, um, but uh, on the music end, that's I like that kind of digging is like really fun for me. Mm -hmm. So to to revisit something you you, you said, um, so a lot of I think our our listening base right are either facilitators or people who participate in in this space as we are using that that idea, mm -hmm. um, and and you kind of said that you have had experience, right? Like dealing with that discomfort of um, people's individual, in the place where people are at subjectively to kind of like address or reconcile that even when there's not an easy, like straightforward solution. So mm -hmm. like from your experience, I, I'm curious to learn, but also for, for our listeners, um, is there anything you learned from doing that that can be passed on in terms of uh, model building or, or or skill development in terms of how that facilitation has worked well for you from the good experiences. Yeah, 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Turns out it's hard for everyone. It is a hard question. Uh-huh. I know. I know. I, I will start by saying I do not know the answer to this question. Yeah. Um, and it's just a working pro- work in progress. So as those situations come up, I take I, I do my best to not um lump everything together mm-hmm. or lump everybody together. It's really like I take it situationally um, for what it's worth and say, well, what what could I have done better? So I always start with with me. Like, what, you know, what could I have done better in this situation? What could I have done differently? And maybe not better, mm-hmm. or, but just differently. Um, examining how, and I think that this is a tool. So even though I don't know the answers, just this line of thinking, which is very nonlinear, um, I think could be used um, by anyone. So, like, what One of those could... nonlinear lines. Yeah, I, very, I very much should. I very much am that person. Um, <laughs> on the geometry today. Um, so, what could I have done differently? Um, you know, how, considering the perspectives of other people in who are involved, like, what is it that those people are thinking and feeling? Why might they be thinking and feeling this? Um, and what could be done because I'm not one to even though I process things to do better I'm not one to dwell so it's what could be done better in the future Mm -hmm. um and I just I think that process in and of itself is a is a tool of of model so building. The, like the the seeing what worked what didn't kind exactly. of trying to, trying to be purposeful about right. taking what you can take and leaving from what you can exactly leave. and i'm what i always tell people i live by a phrase eat the meat throw back the bone hmm. and so like in every conversation every situation sometimes we think you never know who you're talking to like you know we were, you're just talking to someone outside and yeah. like somebody might disregard if they don't know who that person is like okay whatever what do you have to to give but that person could impart the most wise nugget of wisdom um on you and so eat the meat throw back the bone from treat all humans the same like whether you value who they are or not what is it that is valuable that you can take and learn and gain and use it in your life or for other people and then all the rest of the crap that's not useful throw it back Throw yeah. back the bones. So, yeah. like that whole process, I'm a process person. Products are really good. I love products; they're important. But I'm very much the process person. So, I would definitely would say that. Although I, I don't. The answer would be the product. Although I can't provide the product because mm-hmm. I'm still growing yeah. and learning and evolving as a human. I can provide you with the process, which I feel like is key to movement to movement mm-hmm. building. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about a tangible example of something you're making, which is the event tomorrow. That's Friday at the Breathing Room Space, 1434 West 51st. And this is Melanin Voices for Puerto Rico. Uh, or not tomorrow. What's the... Uh, tomorrow. It's yeah. tomorrow? Tomorrow. It's Friday? Okay. It's, it's tomorrow Friday. Oh my God. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, guys, you, you need to go. You got stuff you need to do. It's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did this event come together? What's the, what's the thought behind it? Yeah. So as I mentioned a little earlier, we do Melanin Voices, generally speaking. But this particular event is was a fundraiser for Puerto Rico. And... Um, shout out to the Lettuce Brief Collective because they, they also <laughs> they also represent everything that I, I I stand and live for as well. So that's another organization. Um, but uh, so it's a partnership between uh, Lettuce Brief and the Chicago Boricua Resistance. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do is really focus on supporting the efforts of Puerto Ricans building Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So it's not like 
we are doing this for Puerto Rico. Right. We don't want there to be any confusion. We're here to support the efforts that are already being done yeah. by grassroots organizers and organizations on the island, mm -hmm. period. So we're working with Casa Taller and uh, the Maria Fund, and that's where all of the proceeds will be uh, donated to mm -hmm. for attending this event. So it's a performance because it is the poetry and live lit. So it's very much performancey. It's gonna be so dope. We just dropped the teaser this morning of a, a video okay. that we put together. That's and gonna take be it to a whole nother level. Yeah, We're over here right. Audio. <laughs> barely, barely. I don't hear. So uh, we hope you come through and support. We have um, Chef uh, Carla Morales, who is who does a lot of the um, food and catering for a lot of the Let Us Breathe collective events. And so she'll be back again and it's dope and has an amazing spread. We will have raffles and t-shirts and all of the above, but all of the proceeds go to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. so. so beyond just the like, of course, this work needs to be done and those resources need to be done. Okay, and yet, before I get to the, the heady question, any particular follow-ups or plugs or any information, where can I get more information other than our Twitter and Facebook? Where should they look? Yeah, I mean, on um, a G thing, a, like, it's just a G and then thing uh, mm -hmm. on Facebook. The Collective also has um, a, a ton of prom promo up uh, on their social media as well. Um, mm -hmm. And so does the Chicago Bordico Resistance. So mm -hmm. CBR, any one of those places you can find information on us um, and, and the event. It's going to be tomorrow. You can buy tickets at the door. Today is the last day to get tickets for the full spread mm -hmm. from Carla, uh, which is going to be delicious. Otherwise, but, you just get like some rice and beans. <laughs> the whole thing. No, well, there will be food. We'll have like empanadas and um, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're a oh, sucker oh, for it. Yeah, <laughs> We'll have you'll be able to per like purchase additional food like food at the event, but mm -hmm. it won't be the full spread. So okay. if you want like a drink and food included, because you know we're we're PLCs and we like to have our food and our drinks. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so um, if you if you want to get your ticket today, that's going to be twenty dollars. At the end of the day, it just kicks over to. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. menu, uh, beverage only okay. tickets. And we do have some low income tickets because we believe in accessibility. Mm -hmm. So the tickets are between 10 and $20 and you can buy them at the door if you don't get a chance to get them today. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be tomorrow at 830 at the Breathing Room Space, 1434 West 51st Street. That was very effective radio promotion. There it is. Words, there it is. I mean, I guess we'll find out if anybody hears because of this, but <laughs> I feel like we did our job. <laughs> the three of us. You did. You totally um, did. So, so beyond just the like, of course, need for these resources to be gathered and the support, uh, why did you decide to do this event now, and and how did the Let Us Breathe connection start? Yeah, um, I, I felt that it's funny because. <laughs> I have these conversations with the universe and we had our last, we didn't have our last, we had our last event, company event sometime at the end of August. Mm -hmm. uh, no, our last Melon Voices event, August 26th. And I was like, all right, we're, we're spending, we're at a very um, like crucial cross point in our, in our organization where we've only been around, we're a year old. So the 15th tomorrow shout is actually our birthday. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> shout out since the first Melanin Voices event. So um, we wanted to really spend the fall and the winter building like the more of the infrastructure and like goals of our organization and things and um, for 2018. But 
Hurricane Maria happened. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's a lot that was just happening in Puerto Rico, socially and politically, mm-hmm. prior to that mm-hmm. time, um, which I will not speak on because I just think like our, our part, we have really good partners who like, are, we want to make sure that our narratives are always like streamlined and on the same page. So I don't, I don't want to speak for what I feel like is the voice of other folks. But if there are folks who are listening and want to know more about what's happening before the storm, any resources or folks that you're directing to look Absolutely. Up? The Chicago Board Eagle Resistance. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And well, thank you for yeah, that. For sure. uh, I like to do it that way because sometimes we're like speaking on, on behalf of other people and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not how we think about it, feel about it. And that's Damon important. loves to speak on that. <laughs> that's, that's my whole thing. So, yes, uh, shout out, go to the Chicago Woody Girl Resistance. If you ever need a sponsor, you want somebody to speak on your channel. <laughs> Uh, but they have they have a lot of resources on their Facebook page, so check them out. So we we were like, you know, we're, we're just gonna spend our uh, our fall and our winter planning. And then I was having conversations with the university. And was like, no, you know, like we need to do something mm-hmm. with uh, Puerto Rico, like, yeah. and with folks who are organizing for Puerto Rico. And I think that for the Black and Puerto Rican community in particular. Um, we don't come together enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some real parallels in terms of like <laughs> structural inequities that we face. <laughs> Both like on a place-based, like on the ground here and then globally and understanding. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So that's really the the what we wanted to do. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to do this fundraiser. It's like, all right, like how do we make that connection? Mm-hmm. And uh, the collective seemed like a perfect, like, a, a perfect fit for that, yeah, yeah. as well as CBR um, for for partners. And so when you come tomorrow, there is going to there may be some discomfort if like if you you're are gonna kick everyone in the shin when they walk. <laughs> Stop <on> the <laughs> uh, so Get uncomfortable. Yeah, just discomfort around like people. Maybe if that's something you haven't thought about before, if you mm-hmm. don't see that they're connected, or you don't want to make the connection, or you know, like mm-hmm. I just think that it's a lot that we put on the table that comes up in all of our narratives, and we wanted to make a space for that, a platform for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do just want to let folks know in in advance that. It is that real, like, raw type of event. And that's how we approach Melanin Voices, generally speaking. But I think that this one can be very, um, it, it is a little bit more, uh, sensitivities are very much, much more heightened uh, just because of what is happening. Like, mm-hmm. it's absolutely devastating, yeah. right? And so, um, but we're using our own pain and connecting it to that. I feel that's a very poetic and, and beautiful way of being able to build solidarity among communities. Yeah, and even in addition to parallel, I think it's really important. Um, I think what, you know, from the lens brief side is, is exciting is that there's also intersection uh, between like American blackness and, and Boricua and Puerto Rican identity. So a lot of times it's not an either or, you know, a, a lot of black people uh, have Puerto Rico. So, so, you know, Christiana and Jennifer, shout out, mm-hmm. both black shout and border, you know, Afro-Latina dad. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is something that uh, at this moment, there is a like a bubbling of understanding of that consciousness of that identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think forefronting is important because even in the struggles, right? Like if you, the history of uh, 
the liberation struggles and the black liberation struggle and like the political prisoners being in alignment, you know, you know, yeah. Oscar Lopez Rivera and, and Elisam, I was Elisam's last name, I forgot. But the, the, the struggles have been very much mm-hmm. connected. And, and there being and, historical coalition work between yeah. like the Young Lords and the Panthers mm-hmm. and all, both here and in New York and on like a and shit, hip hop. That too. That too. Shout out to hip hop. Shout out to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to say it too. Shout out to hip hop. <laughs> like we don't do that. It's like an echo. We like a shout out. But yeah. I feel like we don't shout out abstract cultural movements. <laughs> we shout out people more than we shout out ideas. <laughs> so let's, uh, with the time that we have left, which isn't as much as I would love, because I feel like we could talk about it. Let's go, let's go all the way back and get a little. Are we gonna go sense. way back? We're gonna go way, way, back. way, way back. Um, just you know, based like I said, we don't know each other. So where did you grow up here in Chicago? Where in the city? Uh, what what was the sights and smells and and feeling of your house, your neighborhood, your block? I didn't, I did not grow up in Chicago, Um, but everything bleeds, shy bleeds through me, through and through. Um, I moved to Chicago when I was 18. Mm -hmm. From where? Uh, (laughs) Jinx, we want to know. (laughs) You want me to watch at the lighthouse, Jinx? (laughs) So I was, I was, I moved from Indiana, but I'm not from Indiana. So I was born in Michigan and raised in um, Northwest Indiana and Southern California. So mm-hmm. I moved around a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved here when I was 18. I want to dig a little bit. What was, the, uh, what, what was the impetus between the moves and the bouncing around and all that? Yeah. Um, well, f- the biggest move was from Indiana to Southern California. My grandmother was very, very sick. She had ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, my uncle and his family um, had resources that could really help sustain mm-hmm. her um, her health. And so he moved her out there. And then the rest of our family was like, all right, we're moving out to help mm-hmm. take care of my grandmother. So that's how we ended up in California. And then my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and my mom was like, all right, I'm getting up out of this place. So we're moving back to the Midwest. That's a, that's a tough decision. Yeah. Once uh, you go out there, it's hard to come back, even if like, yeah. you're out there for a week. I mean, well, for her, it was very different. And like we, I have a very like old school upbringing, like mm. a old school, like Southern Baptist black upbringing. So my mom... <laughs> When you say old school, what do you like? What are some examples? What do you mean? Where so like if you if you somebody who's ever lived in California or like raised kids in California, then you like know. But um, people, you, things are just done very differently mm-hmm. out there. Like and, a little bit more liberal. Yes, and so my mom wasn't having it. <laughs> so like for her, it was, she sat us down before we moved and was like, "Hey, we're moving to California. You're gonna see a lot of things." <laughs> Like, it was literally like, like we're walking into a war zone. Like, you're going to see a lot of things um, that you're going to think that you can do in, in my house. And basically, don't play yourself. Well, you know, they no. have they have flight <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> she just knew coming off the plane. No, I mean, it's just like culturally. Yeah. It's a different culture. Like, yeah. even within subcultures, it's a different culture. And so she was like, you're going to see a lot of things that you're going to f- think and feel are acceptable in terms of behavior and conduct. Mm-hmm. And um, and no, uh, I'm you're so curious. Be- <laughs> so what, she, what, she what do you think she thought you were gonna see and be like, "Oh, I'm doing that." Talking back, 
that's uh, exactly no, like no, one of the like, things of like talking back or like <laughs> having conversations <laughs> like telling your parent like i know i don't like this or no i don't want to do this like that mm-hmm. was something yeah. like a cali thing <laughs> uh, well it's not a cali now as an adult it's not yeah. a cali thing i know that but like <laughs> growing up i was, I was like that was totally a cali thing right yeah. like kids like kids have conversations <laughs> with their parents <laughs> we don't have conversations <laughs> i tell you what you're gonna do <laughs> and you're gonna do it shout out to my mom my mom is absolutely lovely the sweet sweetest person you could ever meet and for those of you who know my mom personally like sometimes people are like you I, I don't believe you yeah, just don't try you know exactly <laughs> don't try in your house but she was also a single parent um a single parent of five and uh, and she ran a really tight ship and she had to because it was right. just her and us right. so you know if one person rocks the boat then like the boat then the boat's rocking exactly right. everybody's gonna start <laughs> rocking it so as an adult now I didn't understand it when I was a kid now there I'm are more boats in Southern California <laughs> there are so more if you're boats. worried about boat rocking I, I understand Callie's the place to, to, to be boat rocking <laughs> but that was that was the that was the thing so it was like you know uh we're still going to maintain these these core values that that we have in in, in our house um and that's the family that we're going to have. So despite what goes on outside of this house, like this is the type of family structure that we have. And that was really important to her. How did that go? Did it open? Like, did her piece on that kind of open up through the experience there? Or did she hold tight the whole time you were there? I was bad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I, I don't, okay, well, let me not. Let me take that back. I wasn't. I did. Okay, I was bad. But... <laughs> I will say for me, it manifested as, as, as a child, it manifested in me being quote unquote bad, but mm-hmm. I wasn't, when I look back on it, it was, I don't feel like I was trying to be bad. I was really trying to be liberated. Right. I was trying to be free. And I mm-hmm. felt like there was always some other layer of restriction that was on me, my mm-hmm. body, uh, which is honestly, I mean, this builds into more about me, like how I started writing as a, a as a kid, as a shorty, like mm-hmm. six or seven years old, like me being able to just write my feelings and mm-hmm. express my my thoughts because I there weren't any spaces. Um, mm-hmm. And not that like my mom didn't want to hear is that wasn't what she was accustomed to either. Right. And it wasn't conducive to like getting things done. Like who wants to explain like I have five kids to get ready for school in the morning. I'm not able to have a conversation with you about why you don't want to wear this shirt. Like put on the shirt and we're going <laughs> to school. Right. Um, and so I when I got to California and I saw that there were other people and other spaces, I was like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. So I'm now able to see things outside of my house. And I'm like, so kids can talk. Yeah, this, is, this is what she was. So it's like it's rebellion. Like yeah, it, it became yeah. like a rebellious thing where I'm like, I'm now able to connect myself to other spaces in which I can feel this little bit of freedom. Yeah. And like now that I feel it, like I'm you're not gonna hold me down. Yeah, you once know? you first like, taste it, you're like, oh, I want more. Exactly. Of this. So good. that so it didn't work out like so much. <laughs> <laughs> now you actually like tapping at something that's been, been in my spirit a lot lately that's difficult for us to talk about in space because it feels so personal yeah um and because we love our our people you know um but and we understand i'm giving a lot of caveats we understand the like the the pragmatic urge for like efficiency and protection of like our our, the people that we take care of and young people uh but all that being said i think we need to like start addressing the household and our family structure and age and adultism as a as, uh, forms of oppression that we don't really uh, 
discuss a, a lot, you know. And I, I'm talking about my mom, like my, you know, my mom was was lovely and not, you know, um, problematic in like you know some terrible ways, but definitely that that um, that strike of authority and power yeah. that is like unilateral and then like it is a it is an internalization of, of oppressive structures yeah. and i think specifically like you know in black communities and households it's something that we really need to figure out how to open up without without just like letting it be a free-for-all something i struggle with especially in terms of like mentoring and, and teaching young people like I get really uncomfortable with like discipline. You're not authority. a no. You're not a no sayer. Yeah, and yelling as the only way to guide yeah. and develop young people who need yeah. to understand decision making. Uh, and so I don't have an answer for that, but I just feel like there's not a lot of room to have that conversation without becoming the like the hippie like right. Liberal, like just like let it go, let the chips fall how they may. I totally agree with that, and I think and it is difficult because we do love our people so much. Like I say, my mother is the greatest human in the universe. She just really is. If you listen, oh, to my so we got some other bobs. <laughs> <laughs> my mom better than y'all. No, 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 no. Um, and I'm sure everyone feels that way yeah. about their about or their most. people. <laughs> most people, maybe you know. Um, uh, well, I'll just say a lot of people, you know, I don't know, I guess they both, but a lot of people might feel that way. But what I will say, I do think what you touched on is very important and it is internalized. And part of the reason why it makes it so difficult is um, like it is a product of structure. Mm hmm. So my mother, I think a lot of times people look at like black people, you beat your kids, like you're a terrible person. No, like my, it, my mother disciplined us the way that she did because it was a, a tactic of survival mm -hmm. she would always say like you can't say whatever it is that you want to say right. because they will kill you right. outside of this it's house understanding there are physical ramifications yeah to, like that was thing. real like that literally was real like i and my family are victims of police brutality like literally like that that happened mm -hmm. as a child and so like um that was so real for my mom where it was just like, I'm doing this. We're and she would always have a conversation with us. She never like just hit us for like arbitrarily. It would always be like we're gonna have a conversation about this, about why I'm why you're getting whooped or whatever, spanked, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it wasn't to be abusive. It was like I need you to understand that the way in which you're conducting yourself, like you can't be free. You can't like, which is not she couldn't she didn't say that, but essentially like that's what was being said. Mm. Like. As much as this hurts me, I finally understood, like, this hurts me more than it hurts you, because I know all the black people around the world uh, heard that, like, this could hurt me more than it hurts you. I'm like, how? How? <laughs> I'm getting whooped here. Yeah. But that's what it means. Like, yeah. th it hurts me to have to, like, cause you any pain, mm -hmm. but I have to so that you are able to figure out how to govern yourself in such a way that out there, they won't kill you. Mm -hmm. And like that's so deep. It that's so real. deep and deeply psychological. And and we have to understand it and be able to talk about it from that perspective. Otherwise, we don't do it any justice. Yeah, and, and like I, I'll again to make it more comfortable, like bring myself into it because I'm not had, just you yeah. know I've had you know I had similar experiences and you know discipline and you know physical discipline and all that. I think Bell Hooks talks about it really well uh, because even though that is pragmatic and that mm -hmm. there is a logic to that. I think it is important for us to still name it as abuse. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it, it yeah. then programs us to then respond. Absolutely. And to be organized and governed 
by abuse, even if we internalize that abuse and like our psychological yeah, abuse in no. ourselves. So even though that's that real. is true, that's real. right? Like it, can, that, it is both pragmatic and abuse. Yeah, it, it is. It is a yeah. tactic of trauma. Yeah. Um, and until we name that, and how, and how, and even how, like how exponentially more impactful it is because of the the young formative right. age yeah uh and then it becomes the only way that they respond to, yep. to discipline right that's, that's that, and, and the then irony it's like, of it. until i get abused i'm okay yeah right uh and, and so yeah. yeah i'm glad that we got there I didn't, I didn't know when i was gonna be able to talk about that this, yeah. is, a real, this is a real that's personal real. question for both of you i'm happy to answer for me too but do you think you would hit your kid you had a kid also do you have a kid <laughs> I appreciate it. You're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me not make any assumptions. Um, I'll let Damon answer that first. Um, <laughs> nice I'm going to go, go with no. I'm going to go with no. I think that is the that is the the struggle, the difficulty, right? It is a um, it is a test of patience, right? And like and and communication skills. Like a lot of times it's like the, I'm just at my wits end and I have no other tactics. And so I'm going to work really hard to not be too lax because that's the fear that I have that I might like go too, too far in the other direction, yeah. uh, but still have a, a structure and, and sternness and, 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 and structure. But I, I don't think physical violence to young people or any person, any human being is the way to make humans better. What do you think? You don't have to answer if you don't want to answer. I know it's like a very big question. It's a big question. It's tough. I don't have any children currently. Um, Neither do I. That's the easier. That's the easier. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I will say one thing that I think about when I do think about children is um, I absolutely will do my best to explore as many alternative options as I possibly can. Um, I think that that's something that's really important, especially for, for me. I, I mean, the platform. I mean, you're learning more about me and now it's connecting to like what you learned before, like of why this drives me so yeah. much of like me not having those spaces. I know how important they are. Yeah. So absolutely, that's going to be a priori in, in my house. Um, I, I'm not sure that I'm evolved enough as, as as a human to say whether or not like I would ever, you know, exercise this form of discipline or not yeah. you know i just i haven't been in that situation mm -hmm. we'll where, have to have with, you back in 20 years and yeah <laughs> with three, three so with three 13 year olds yeah. being like F you mom you yeah, know right. like i haven't been in a situation like, yeah. that's like that right that's hard to write <laughs> i can sit here and be like no i'm never ever ever gonna snag or touch my kid this. right <laughs> so um so i'll i'll just say that yeah i'll say that well we are at a very good oh Me? You. yeah i want to hear how about you yeah, probably not. I mean, <laughs> I don't hit people in general. I mean, so just on, like, on my, it was not a common occurrence. There was, like, once that my mom, like, to that wit's end point, like, got really mad and hit my brother. And then that was, like, a thing. So, and, like, more of a thing for her than it was for him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just don't hit people in general. I don't see a lot of hitting in around. Yeah, it's a it's a thing, but I don't think I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> we are at a very good point, though, because we are winding down and we're talking about accountability. Yes. So for the folks at home who stay with us, they know it is time. <laughs> Way to bring it home. <laughs> they know it's time for, for the most important part of the show, the cornerstone of our work. It is around accountability. And like I like to say, I feel that there is a sect of the world that has run amok. And those people are R&B singers. So every week... <laughs> We asked our guests to start beef with the R&B singer because, as we know, in hip hop, if you do something kind of out of bounds, you're gonna get a diss track. You're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get some action. There's some, there's some pushback. 
these R&B dudes, <laughs> and particularly dudes, mm-hmm. but they're made, you know, are you know, we, 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 we've had a we've had a Christina Miller, yeah, you know, we extended we, the, we across the gender spectrum. The, 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 we opened those boundaries, but we put you on the spot. You got to start beef with the R&B singer, and why? Wow, mm-hmm. it's important work. It's important work. Can Big I go last? No, it's Weaver. Okay, oh, we, so we, I mean, we do this every week. R. Kelly is the reason the game. I was is. gonna say, I was just yeah, gonna no. say, R. Kelly. Uh, absolutely, R. Kelly. Like, I totally was gonna say, Chris R. Kelly. Brown's name is Jersey is retired. It's in the rafters. Okay, okay. Um, you know who does not get the beef that they deserve? Who? Ray J. <laughs> People have like a real. Uh, he get whoa. How has there not been more Ray J bitching up here? People have like a real kind of guilty pleasure fandom of him. Do they? Well, apparently. All right, I, I'm go. No, we're not letting you get out of this. <laughs> so R. Kelly, yes, check. I've added Ray J to the gumbo. <laughs> Ray J gumbo. <laughs> what do you got? I don't know. You know, I have to be very thoughtful about it. For I gotta be thoughtful before I beef with somebody. So mm-hmm. like, this is hard for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be any era. I'm mm-hmm. sure you said that. I did not. Any era. So you can go all the way back to David Ruffin. And if you need to extend (laughs) beyond the the constructs of R&B into other genres, that's valid as well. But we need some beef. We need some beef and we'll leave the bones. Nice. (laughs) Uh, That was good. Wow. This is so tough for me, you all. Um... And that's about as much as dead air as we can take. I'm so sorry. No, I'm, that's like, fine. I'm like, I'm like, who? That's fine. I don't know. And a part of it is just my mind is never thinking to beef with people in general. Yeah, like, I'm like, you, like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be talking about yeah. you. You're going to get what's coming to you. No, no. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, you're one of those kind people. With <laughs> right? <laughs> let's go talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's have a mediation with an RB singer. Right. With that, you know? Yeah. We'll let you up the hook. I'm comfortable right. with it. Damon, you're gonna I know that's gonna hurt all week, but <sighs> on that note, this has been a joy. We didn't even talk about your writing. We, there's so much. I'm so glad to get to know you a little bit. Um we'll be back next week with another conversation from Chicago and beyond. Can can I plug yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we didn't get a chance to talk about my my writing, but that's okay. Like I, I enjoyed this conversation yeah. so much more, like so much more. So for those of you who are interested in me as a human, you can go to uh, my website, ah, www.glennancegreen.com or visit our website at www.thisagthing.com. <laughs> Very nice. And we are at Ergo Radio, ergoradio.com. Yep. I've been uh, making some small tweaks. You've been to the doing website. it. You've been doing I'm it. I'm trying. I'm trying out here. All right. We got to get out of here. We're running over. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Much love to the people. Peace. Peace.